This message is brought to you by the friends and partners of Peter A. Gelga. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Healing with Peter A. Gelga, bringing the healing power of God through the Word to all, one soul at a time. Peter A. Gauga is a strong and passionate teacher of the Word who ministers with miracles and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He is the General Overseer of the New Lights Pentecostal Church, a thriving church of thousands with branches across Ghana and beyond. Now, today's message. Judges chapter 16, reading from the verse number 1. Judges chapter 16, reading from the verse number 1. Then went Samson to Gaza, and saw there an harlot, and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazites that Samson was come hither. And they compassed him in, and they laid wait for him all the night in the gate of the city. And were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, then we shall kill him. Or we will kill him. In the morning when it is day, we shall kill him. The Bible says, And Samson, he lay till midnight and arose and took the doors of the gates of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all. And he put them upon his shoulder and carried them to the top of an hill which is before Hebron. Then the Bible says in the verse number 4, And he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the laws of the Philistines, they came up unto her, and they said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth. And by what means we might prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. Delilah said unto Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein that great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, he said, If they bind me with seven green weights, seven green um, ropes from a tree, which um, never has been dried, he says, Then shall I become weak and become as another man. Then the loss of the Philistines, they brought these seven green weights unto her, which had not been dried and never been dried, and she bound him with them. The Bible says in the verse number nine, Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the weights. He brake them off like a toe of thread um, is broken when it toucheth fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, he says, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. So this is part of the story of a great man, great man of God called Samson in the Old Testament. Samson was born at a time where the Philistines were afflicting the Israelites. So for this purpose, he was born. So that he will begin to deliver the Israelites from the hand of the Philistines. Now, and God used different kinds of things about Samson to help his agenda. So, one of the things he used about Samson was to use his weakness. His weakness of loving women. His, his weakness of liking women. Don't say that God can use my weakness also to deliver somebody. No. <laughs> but God used his weakness of liking women also to help his agenda. So sometimes when we are on earth and we are judging somebody, we can be making a mistake because you never know what God's agenda is and what God is fulfilling by the life of the person. So the Bible says that he went to Gaza and when he went to Gaza, he saw a woman in Gaza and this woman was a harlot. This woman was a prostitute and Samson fell in love with her and went in unto her. Then they told the Gazites that Samson had come in hither. So they compassed the whole city about. They surrounded the gates of the city. And they said, we'll be quiet. We'll not say anything. And in the morning, we will kill him. The Bible says that Samson also, he laid till midnight. He told something caused him to wake up at midnight. And when he arose, he took the doors of the gates of the city with the post. Imagine, even your own gate, your house, your gate, even imagine. And this one, it is the gate of the city. Something Pulled the doors of the gates of the city out with the two posts, with the two pillars, concrete on the left, concrete on the right. He pulled it out with the iron rod and everything from the foundation. He put them upon his shoulder and he carried them to the top of an hill which is before Hebron. So he defeated 
these enemies. Then after that, it came to pass afterward that he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Famous story we know about Samson. He fell in love with Delilah. Now, when he fell in love with Delilah and the people saw that he had fallen in love with Delilah, the lords of the Philistines, these are about five lords. We have Gath, I think we have Gath, we have Gaza, we have Ascalon, we have Ekron, we have Ashdod, five. They came up unto Delilah and they said unto Delilah, entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth. The devil is always interested in where your strength lies. When the devil wants to come against you, he will come against where your strength, where you get your strength from. What gives you strength, what gives you emotional support and gives you a mental support. That is what the devil will come against. So he says, see wherein his great strength lieth and by what means we might prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him. So you see the plan of the devil concerning you. The devil wants to know where your strength is to break it. He wants to find what means he can, he can overpower you. Then you can also see there also that he says, we want to bind him to afflict him. So you see the plan that the devil has for you. Now, God has good plans for you, but the devil also has very bad plans for you. I declare that may the bad plans of the wicked concern you never come to pass. May they never see the light of day in the name of Jesus. I said, may they never see the light of day in the name of Jesus. So Delilah, she also asked him and said to him that, show me, show me where, where is your strength? How can we bind you to afflict you? Then Samson says to her, if they bind me with seven green weights, that is, these are like ropes taken from a tree, green, that has never been dried. He says, then shall I become weak and become as another man. There is something that separates you from all the other girls. There is something that separates you from all the other men. The devil is interested in that one. I pray that you will never give it to him in the name of Jesus. So the laws of the Philistines, they brought these seven great green weights, which have not been dried, never been dried, and they gave it to Delilah, and Delilah bound Samson. Then there were men who were in the chamber, you can see how barbaric sometimes people can be. So as Samson thought that maybe he was with Delilah alone, there were other people who were hiding in the bedroom, who were watching every action, videoing everything that is going on. We destroy all secret videos today in the name of Jesus. We destroy all secret videos in the name of Jesus. And you see, that's one strategy of the devil. The devil likes to monitor people. The devil likes to watch people. It's a strategy. There are many lessons you can learn from this story. But one key thing you can also see that there is that the devil likes to monitor people. So these people, these men, were lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. So Delilah came and said to Samson, the Philistines, they be upon you. The Bible says that he broke the great weights like a toe of tread is broken when it touched the fire. So his strength was not known. Delilah began to weep and say unto Samson, it says, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, where thy great strength lieth. In other words, where thou mightest be bound. How can they bind you? How can they, how can they bind you to afflict you? She says, I want to know. When you read this story, you, you can say that women are dangerous, but I don't think that it's all women who are dangerous. You can read the story also say that men are dangerous, but I don't think that it's all men that are dangerous. But what I would like to say is that be careful where you put your heart. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, my neighbor, be careful where you put your heart. Someone sang a song one day and said, if I give my heart, with you, my heart to you, what will you do with it? I will chew it like a claw. If somebody gives you his heart, what will you do with the heart? So, Delilah says to Samson, behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me where thou mightest be bound. 11. And Samson said unto her, if they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, he says, then shall I become weak and become as another man. Therefore Delilah, she got the new ropes, bound him with the new ropes and said unto him, he says, uh, the, the, I mean, when you read that, it also says that there were liars in wait and all that. Then she says to him again, The Philistines be upon thee. And she 
break them off his arms like a thread. Samson is a very strong man. Very, very wild man. Delilah says to Samson, He that to thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. He said, if you, buy, if you weave the seven locks of my head with a web. Then she fastened it with a pin. She pinned him down. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee. And he awoke out of the sleep with the pin of the beam and with the web. So the hair of Samson was locked with a, maybe let's say maybe with a, with a big nail, with a more hammer, pinned it to the ground. And when he woke up, he just woke up as if it's a normal day. He woke up as if it was normal. May we be strong like this in the name of Jesus. May we be physically strong like this in the name of Jesus. May we be spiritually strong like this in the name of Jesus. Sometimes in life we can get to the place where people love you and when they see that you also love them, they can tie with your heart. I pray that God will deliver every single girl or every girl in the relationship with some guy. The guy is playing with your heart. You don't know what the guy is trying to do, whether he loves you, he doesn't love you. Oh, today may the Lord deliver you from that boy. May the Lord deliver you from that girl. I said, may the Lord deliver you from that boy and deliver you from that girl. He says, how can you say I love you and your heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me where, where your great strength lieth. 16. And it came to pass as she pressed him daily with words and urged him that his soul was vexed unto death. Hey, a woman can be on your case. May you not marry a dangerous woman. She can be on your case until you change your mind. In the night she wake you up, she has had a dream about something she wants you to do. Hey, women, look at your neighbor's face and tell your neighbor, my neighbor. <laughs> May the Lord deliver you from wicked people. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. She pressed him daily with words and urged him, tell me, tell me. How can you tell me you love me and you can't tell me the secret of your life? Tell me. His soul was vexed unto death that he told them all his heart and said there has not come a razor upon my head for I have been a Nazareth unto God from my mother's womb it says if I be shaven then my strength will go from me something can kill a man <laughs> I said something can kill a man hey! he said my strength this is my strength it will go from me. I shall become weak. And then I will become like an ordinary man. Walking around. Look at your neighbor and tell him that the devil is after your strength. He didn't hear you. Tell the person, my neighbor, the devil is after your strength. So he said, I will be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up unto me, for he has showed me all his heart. And they came up unto her, and they had with them the money in their hands. Somebody say, Amen. And she made him sleep upon her knees. If you're a wife, you can't make your husband sleep. We have to suspect you. You have to come to Delilah for Delilah to teach you. She, she made him sleep upon her knees and she called for a man, sent for a man and caused him to be shaven and they shaved the seven locks from his head. The Bible says that his strength went from him as she began to afflict him. There's a secret to your life. Something that you do in secret that makes you do well. The devil is after that one. Something you have been doing that makes you do well, that makes you succeed, the devil is always against it. And if the devil knows that maybe coming to church is your greatest friend, he can use the church against you. If the devil realizes that maybe loving people is your strength, it can cause people to offend you, people to tread upon your love and your genuine nature to the point that you will say that you will not help anybody again. The devil is after your strength. Sometimes your mind is very pure and your mind it works at a certain level because there are some things you don't en en engage yourself in and the devil is after that one to cage your mind to finish you.
Don't give the devil your strength. I like the way the whole chapel is quiet now. Look at your neighbor's face and tell your neighbor, my neighbor, don't give your strength to the devil. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He said, my neighbor, don't give your strength to the devil. 20. And she said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee. And he awoke out of sleep. When he awoke out of sleep, he said, look, I'm going to go out as at the other times and shake myself and wish not that the Lord had departed from him. May the presence of God never leave you. And the Philistines, they took him, 21, the Philistines, they took him and they put out his eyes and they brought him down to Gaza and they bound him with fetters and he began to grind. He became a grinder of corn in the prison. The devil wants to reduce you to, to beyond a normal, ordinary human being level. The devil wants to make nothing out of your life. But I declare no weapon that is formed against you shall ever prosper. And every tongue rising up against you in judgment, I declare it is condemned today. In the mighty name of Jesus. But you know, ordinarily, whenever we read this story, we always talk about something. The reason why we like to talk about something is because we read the Bible many times from the angle of an Israelite. We read the Bible many times with the eyes of an Israelite. Meanwhile, you were born in Ghana. There is nothing wrong. We are all spiritual Jews. But you see, the scripture I read to you earlier in Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says that whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. It means that we can learn from every story in the word of God. You can learn from the life of Samson and you can also learn from the life of Delilah. But this morning, I don't want you to focus your eyes on Samson. I want you to focus your eyes on Delilah. Now, when you read this story, like I said, from the eye of an Israelite, you will say that Delilah is a dangerous woman and even people even have prayer meetings and the title of the prayer meeting is Delilah must fall. It's true. Because you are looking at it from the angle of an Israelite. But if you have Philistine, you are not going to see Delilah as a bad person. You are going to see her as a savior. Somebody who has helped to deliver the Philistines from the works of their greatest enemy, their chief enemy, their arch enemy called Samson. So today, I want you to look at Delilah from the eyes of a Philistine. Even as I'm standing here, you may say that, oh, you like me, my pastor, I like my pastor's teaching, he's a good person, he's anointed, he's this, he's that. That is what you are saying. But to the kingdom of the devil, I am not a good man because I am a terror to their kingdom. So depending on where you are, you can look at Delilah in another light. So if you're an Israelite, you will see her as an enemy. But if you're a Philistine, you will see her as a champion. Now, many people criticize Delilah. They said, eh, she, she, she gave up uh, um, um, Samson for money. How did David also conquer Goliath? David had just come to give food to his brother, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah. And when he came and he was walking through, he saw Goliath come up. And when Goliath came up, all the Israelites, they went down. And when they went down, ah, David said, ah, why is everybody afraid of this guy? Then two people were chatting and they said, have you seen that man that has come up? The man who will kill him, the man who will bring him down, the king will enrich him with great riches. Apart from that, his family will be free in Israel. In other words, they will not pay tax. And above all, the king will give him his daughter to marry. When David is that one I like. Free wife, yeah, I like. Free wife, I like. So he decided to go and kill Goliath. Why then do you fought Delilah also? She still wanted to save the people. And to save the people, she took money from the lords of the Philistines. But today, I want your mind to just come back. Come, rewind your mind. Don't read the Bible in a negative light all the time. Rewind your mind and don't look at Delilah from the angle of an Israelite, but look at her from the angle of a Philistine. What if Delilah was your, was your, was your sister? Or Delilah was your mother? <coughs> or Delilah was your auntie? And she has sacrificed and saved your village and saved everybody, including yourself, from your biggest enemy on this earth. You will be calling her a champion. You won't say that Delilah was a bad woman. So I want to start a new series I've titled Vital Lessons from the Story of Delilah. Vital lessons we can learn from Delilah. But today for a subject, I want you to write Becoming a Savior of Men. Become a Savior of Men. Delilah saved her people. 
That is one godly trait you see about Delilah. She sacrificed a man. She sacrificed her love. She sacrificed her marriage. She sacrificed her family just so she can be able to save her people. And the greatest lesson, one great lesson we can all learn from Delilah is to learn to become saviors of men. We must become people who save, who are in the business of saving people and helping them to do well in this life. So don't see Delilah in a bad light. Today, look at Delilah from the story of the Philistines. Delilah was a good woman. She sacrificed everything just so she can be a savior of people. I pray that everybody in the chapel today, may you be a savior of men. Your amen is, may you be a savior of men. May you be a helper to the helpless in the mighty name of Jesus. People, people need help all over the place. People, they need help. People need help. You may have no idea. As we are here now, there are people who are struggling with different things in their lives. When Jesus was born, he had a mandate upon his life. Matthew chapter 1 from verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Fear not, uh, it says, thou, thou Joseph, son of David, for that to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a child, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So Jesus was born as a savior of men. And even so, if Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you, you and I too are supposed to become saviors of men. So this morning, that's my subtitle, saviors, becoming saviors of men. People, they need help. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, from verse 13, for example, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he says, but thou shalt they call on him in whom they have not believed, and thou shalt they believe in him of whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? In verse 15. So, until somebody goes, God cannot save. God can appear in the sky and solve all the problems of the world, but he has chosen to use men to do that job for him. So, there are people somewhere who are in trouble, who are in some kind of difficulty, waiting for a savior to come from New Life Pentecostal Church here. Waiting for somebody to come and save them. So, you must become a savior of men. Now, when he says in that verse 13 of Romans chapter 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved is the Greek word sozo. And it means a number of things. So, when I say become a savior of men, what am I saying? Number one, help people to be free of sin. Help people to be free of sin. Sin is the biggest problem that is in the world. And people are addicted. There are times when people even don't want... You know, amazingly, amazingly, when I'm reading books, I see books written by secular people, people who don't go to church, people who are not pastors. When I'm reading books, one of the commonest things you see nowadays is that if you give yourself to pornography, your mind will not work well. If you are masturbating, you are killing yourself. It runs through all the books. So these are not even spiritual people. So there are times when if the men want to be free, not just even they want to serve God, but they just want to be free from sin, but they don't have the key, they don't have the power to break free from that sin. And you can go to be a deliverer or a savior of those people. Through you, somebody's addiction can be broken. Through your teaching, through your prayer, through your anointing, through your hand laying, through hands that you can lay on somebody, somebody can be free. Sometimes, even through the money you can use to bring somebody from the village, it even delivers the person from the fornication that the person is in. So when I say become a savior of men, and when God is saying that become a savior of men, all that God is saying is that, look, you can help people to be free from sin. Number two, when he says become a savior of men, it means that they help people to be free of sickness. Help people to be free 
of sickness. Yesterday, I was praying for one of our pastors. I pray for people all the time. Yesterday, I was praying for one of our pastors uh, who wasn't well. And I prayed for, for her one hour. Sometimes people say they are praying for you, but they are not praying for you. I prayed for her one hour. And after calling her, I saw the power of God at work. And there is a way to even pray for people. But you see, what I'm trying to say is that through you, people who are sick can receive healing. Something that is troubling somebody, some sickness that is worrying somebody, the person can be free from it. But don't let your mind even travel far. That is the, by the anointing. Some of you, by physical, by your finances, you can help pay somebody's hospital fee and the person can be free. You can help somebody. Somebody can go to the hospital with a goiter and they'll come and operate on the person. When they operate on the person, the sickness has left the person. So when I say become a savior of men, don't let your mind travel to the fact that you have to necessarily be a pastor, you have to necessarily be a lady pastor or lady reverend or be a pastor's wife or be a deaconess or be an elder. No! What it means is that right where you are now, there is something you can do to help human beings to be free. Next to sickness is demons. You can help people to be free of demons. You can help people to be free of demons. Demons trouble people in this world. Demons worry people in this world. Demons, they worry people in this world. And you must become a deliverer, a savior of men by casting out demons. Now, when we talk about casting out demons, it's not all, all, only by laying on of hands that you cast out a devil. Sometimes even by preaching alone, demons are being cast out of people. Today, if there's any demon troubling you, may that demon leave you in the name of Jesus. If there's any demon troubling, may that demon leave you in the name of Jesus. If there's any demon worrying, may that demon leave you in the name of Jesus. So teaching, anointed teaching can also get rid of demons. Luke 4, 18, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. So you can preach deliverance to people. Next, Becoming a savior of men means that you help people to be free of poverty and failure. You help people to become free of poverty and failure. Building a vocational school can help somebody. Building an apprenticeship can help somebody. There is something some of sometimes governments do. When governments come into power, like I heard of um, a, a funding recently, the funding is to fund a, a lot of people who are in the handiworks, you know, who are good tailors, hairdressers, um, cosmetologists, and what have you. The, the, the government gives, gives them money. Not, no, 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 I don't know. I don't think it's the Ghana government. I said the money comes from somebody outside Ghana. They give them money, and when they give them money, they give them people to train them. Now, when they train these people, and these people are able to do the same thing, what are they becoming free of? They're becoming free of poverty and failure. All the money is locked up somewhere. It's just locked up somewhere. Locked up somewhere under somebody's bed. I didn't say anything. So you can help somebody to be free of poverty and failure. Then the next thing also is that you can help people to be free from making wrong choices, including being on the path to hell. Including being on the path to hell. You can save somebody and stop the person from going to hell. You can help people. You can help people. So, this morning, the question is, how can I become a savior of men? How can I become a savior of men? How can I lay my life down and become a savior of men? How can I become a savior of men? How can you become a savior of men? Looking at Delilah. Now, listen, when you look at Delilah's story, Delilah was not the first person to fall in love with Samson. There was a woman of Timnath. Then there was a woman of Gaza. Then there were other women that, they, that, that were in the land of the Philistines that fell in love with Samson. Women like to, 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 to meet, I mean, very great, responsible people who are already cooked and baked. That's how come when a guy doesn't have anything, a girl can say no. But if the same guy suddenly becomes a member of parliament, is using some V8, and he's wearing suit and tie, and comes around, the same girl will accept the proposal. When the guy asks, why did you say no at the first time? It's my mother who said I shouldn't agree. <laughs> Women like to marry for security. Women like to marry for security. One main thing why women would like to marry is for security. At least you are secured that. Even if everybody is against you, this one person is for you. 
Then not just even that one alone, but security. They are interested in security. Where will we stay when we marry? What shall we be doing when we marry? What, what is your vision in 10 years' time? What do you want to do in 20 years' time? She will bang her hope on that security. Women just like to marry for security. Men have several reasons. Men, they, they are like bankers. <laughs> they have several reasons why they marry. So I'm just trying to say that Delilah would have been interested in something for her husband. She would have been very happy to have a man like Samson. But instead of thinking about what she wanted, she thought about her people. One big problem in this world that is destroying the world, the fabric of society, is selfishness. In this world, when you become selfish, you become a monster. When you become a selfish person, the good you do, you can even destroy it. And one of the things you need to understand is that when you love people, you must let them be. Let them make their choices. Let them make their own mistakes. Let them learn from them and do whatever they have to do. Anytime we are trying to micromanage people from our bedroom or from our sitting rooms, what we are doing is that we are still allowing selfishness to enter the picture. So Delilah, by the time Delilah, I mean, has given up Samson just to see her people saved. Listen, she had to go through a lot to save her people. So let's begin to look at how? How can we? How can you become a savior of men? Number one, deny yourself of all that the world values. Deny yourself of all that the world values. Deny yourself of all that the world values. You see, sometimes, for example, you, you, are, you are working, you're a businessman, and by your business, you have so much money, you are able to go to restaurants, you go to clubs, you drink the most expensive wine, you chill out, you do all the things that you have to do in this world. Then suddenly you have to leave and become a full-time pastor where probably you may not have enough money to be taking all those wine and all those hard liquors and things. When you come, it will make you feel as if you are losing something. But what you also don't know is that people who are into that, they do that only up to a certain level. Beyond that, they cannot continue. They cannot continue. So, when I get amazed when I'm reading books. I'm reading books by people who are in the secular world. And one of the things they also say is that alcohol is bad for your mind. Alcohol is bad for your mind. There's somebody that people who don't go to church, they say alcohol is bad for your mind. Meanwhile, you are in church. You say, I miss my Guinness. <laughs> I miss my Guinness. I miss my stone lager. I miss beer. You know, uh, uh, the Micah helped us. We took, I took Dr. Uh, Peter and his wife for lunch uh, at uh, Labadi Beach Hotel. We got there, playing to food, watching different kinds of foods and all that. Do you know what Dr. Peter's wife ate? She only took small salad. After taking the small salad, I thought it was uh, like appetizer. I thought she was not going to go for watching rice or something. When she took that small salad, after taking that small salad, she just went for another salad at the dessert side. And when she took it, I said, are you done? It's a pastor. I'm done. Meanwhile, me, the, the salad I took, it was just to cement the system. <laughs> to go for the property. So I asked the husband. I asked Dr. Peter. I said, why are you not eating much? He says, as you grow older, everything is not good for your body. As you grow older, you have to cut down on your eating. And he said when he goes back even to America, he's going to go on dieting because he needs to cut down his weight. He needs to calm down. Sometimes the things we feel that the world values so much, people who are in the world, they are tired of it. They are trying to find what to do. And you see, for you to become a savior of men, some of you have to be a pastor. Some of you have to be pastors. Some of you have to be maybe something, something you can do to just be a savior of men. But you like the world. You see the girl say, hey, the girl's fine too much. Hey, pastor. Ah, when you see clubs with, um, how do you call it, wine, expensive wine, and people are boozing, they are drinking, and they are twerking, and they are shaking the bonbon. Oh, you dream of such a lifestyle. As a lady, when you see a guy, when, when, you, when, you, when you are walking by the roadside where there's a club, and then you see this nice Mercedes Benz has parked 
roll down the glass. You are just passing by. But the air condition air blows around your hand. You say, hey, life is good for some people. And this guy is coming to pick a prostitute. Your mind can be like, hey, Christianity, but all those people too, they are tired. Nothing has been designed in this world to satisfy you. Nothing in this world has been designed to satisfy you. Sex, it doesn't satisfy. Chasing women, it doesn't satisfy. Doing whatever, I mean, going after drinking, doing boozing, doing all these things, it doesn't satisfy. People go into them and then it reaches a point where they just give up. They say, look, vanity or vanity. Why don't you read the book of Ecclesiastes? Solomon decided to test everything in this world. He tried everything. Drinking, boozing, women, girls, everything he tried it. But there was no happiness inside. You know now, people don't watch DSTV any longer. So DSTV, multi-choice, they have become aggressive. Why have they become aggressive? The football watching, it has gone down. Because when there is no competition, when there is no competition, people don't want to watch again. When people know that Manchester City is going to be winning the Premier League every, every season, they are not interested. But if it becomes competitive, Liverpool wins, the Manchester, Manchester United wins, the Manchester City wins, and whatever. And then as people are also watching and they are scoring their team, and they are scoring their team, their fufu is going waste, their ice cream and things are going waste in the freezer, gradually their love for the football is also waning. So if you don't deny yourself and tell yourself, look, where I have reached, let me not think about myself. Let me not think about sitting at home Sunday afternoon and maybe to rest. Because sometimes you say you are resting. By the time you see, you are watching pornography. You watch it for two hours. And when you finish watching pornography like that, your mind doesn't work well again. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. By the time you see the day is wasted. So if you don't learn to deny yourself, you cannot be a savior of man. Yesterday I was together with my wife, but I, I left her and I came into the sitting room. I needed to pray for some people. So I had to come maybe walking up and down, mentioning their name, praying for them. One person, one hour. Think about it. If you don't deny yourself of what the world values, you cannot save anybody. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is pressure on everybody to conform to the world. Tell yourself, I will not conform to the world. If you don't deny yourself, sometimes you have to deny yourself a shoe that you can wear just to help your son. Sometimes you have to deny yourself money that you can do to do your hair. You have to sacrifice it to help another person. So if you don't learn to deny yourself, you cannot be a savior of men. Life is not about enjoying. You see, when you keep buying dresses, you get tired of them. You keep buying shoes, you get tired of them. You keep buying earrings, you get tired of them. Everything in this world, nothing has been designed to bring a man satisfaction. You buy flat screen television today, 67 inches, you say, wow. This is the life. After one week, when you see it, it doesn't bring you any happiness. The only thing that brings happiness is when you begin to save people and begin to help people. Thank you from somebody can satisfy you. Satisfy you in a way that fufu and palm nut soup with a crantier jumping on top will never satisfy. Learn to deny. You know, we have a very selfish generation. We are raising children who are very selfish, always thinking about themselves. They don't think about daddy, they don't think about mommy, they only think about what they want. But you see, for us to do well and become saviors of men, you have to deny ourselves some things. Sometimes to even help your mother, you have to forego your own plans for today and help her today because she will not live long. She will not live long. How many years? Even if your mother is going to live to 100 years, how many years does she have to live? You'll be surprised. Just keep doing whatever you have to do for her. Your father, whatever you can do. By the time you see that season is over, there are things you wish you could have done that you, couldn't, you didn't do. And you see, then wh what do you do? You know, I remember, for example, when my mother was alive, one day she called me and she said, I want to pack my things and come and be with you, for a, you and your wife for a while. I said, no, mama, we don't have space. We cannot. So she was not able to come. That's the only thing that I remember when I remember my mother. Yes, that I saw your picture. I said, oh, sorry. Yeah? But that's the only thing. Then I had the opportunity for my father a lot to come and be with me in the house. It's a blessing. I didn't even know that even two years had come. It was my mother-in-law mentioned. Two years, three months exactly. That was when he passed. 
Before my mind came to it that he has been with us for like two years, it didn't even mean it didn't mean anything to me. Rather, it was a blessing. I had the opportunity that what my mother wanted that I couldn't have. I had a satisfaction in that one. If you don't learn to deny yourself, things you should do for people today, you won't do it for them. And the day they are taken away, you live with the regret. When you go for funerals and people are crying, eh, don't be moved by the tears. They all have reasons for crying. While some are genuinely crying that the person is gone, others is regret. What they should have done that they didn't do, they are regretting it. Become a savior of men. One guy, he was having sex with a girl. The girl says, marry me, marry me. She said, you marry her. One day they were doing their thing. My stories are all true stories. The person that was involved in the story. As they were having the sex, the girl said, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart. He took the girl to the death. Then the guy, you know, he pretended the lady had not died. So he was in his house. One day he switched on his laptop. He was working. Then the girl's picture appeared on the laptop and the laptop went off. He ran to me. He ran to me. He said, Pastor, I want to marry her. How will you marry her? He said, I want to buy her wedding dress, buy her wedding ring, buy her wedding whatever. I said, look, if I, my, my brother is too late. When I couldn't help him, he passed my back to go and see the family. And family, to once somebody comes and says, they will sponsor the funeral, they will give the, the funeral to the person. Only for me to get to the funeral, and the guy has sponsored everything. He had the money. He could have done it for the girl, but he couldn't deny himself. If you don't learn to deny yourself, you cannot be a savior of men. Number two, intentionally lose what brings you life. Intentionally lose what brings you life. If you intentionally do not lose what will bring you life, you cannot, lose, you cannot take it back. Delilah, as she was with Samson, she knew the way people hated Samson, she knew that, look, even if I end up marrying this guy, one day, they will kill him. So she decided to lose him. And when she, lose, when she lost him, she gained back her life. Now, after something had been taken away and killed, she could marry again and have a family and move on with a lifetime. If you don't learn to lose in this world, you cannot gain your life back. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever, for my sake, shall lose his life, he says, the person, he shall gain it. So sometimes you're at home, instead of coming for teaching service, you say, oh, I want to spend time with my husband. Then there's a quarrel in the house. And when there's a quarrel in the house, there is strife. You're not talking to one another. There is tension. Your heart is not at peace. You're using your job. The money comes. But by, by the time the money comes, something else, else happens and all the money is gone. So people, if you want to become saviors of men, we must learn to lay down our lives and lose something so we can be able to gain that life. If you don't learn to lose your life, you cannot gain it. What are you using as an excuse not to work for God? What are you using as an excuse not to do something for God? What are you using as an excuse not to help somebody you should be helping? Think about it. You've got to lose. If there is no losing, there is no gaining. Sometimes what you are trying to protect, rather, you end up losing it. So when you rather give it up to God, like Delilah, she gave up Samson to the Philistines. He said, look, take him away. And when they took him away, don't you think that she felt the pain? She felt the pain. Because they were in love for a while. This thing didn't happen like one, it didn't happen in three days. One day, two days. No, no, it didn't happen like that. It happened over a period of time. They were in love for a while. They were in love for a while. Delilah had life with Samson. But she knew that if she saved Samson alive, they would kill him eventually. So rather, give it up. And when she gave Samson up, she rather gain her life back. If you don't learn to give up things, you cannot have them back. Sometimes, to serve God, you have to say bye-bye to some friends in your life. When you leave them, you inherit new friends. Sometimes, and when you look at the list that Jesus mentioned, only father and wife cannot be replaced. Only father and wife or husband cannot be replaced. But apart from that, brothers can be replaced, sisters can be replaced, friends can be replaced. Even a house you give, you give to God, God can give it to you back. So, what is it that you are holding on to? And because of which, you cannot release yourself and become a shepherd, become a pastor, become a helper of men, or become a savior of men. Learn to intentionally lose it. And when you lose it, you will gain the life back. Delilah is not a bad person in the eyes 
of the Philistines. She lost something intentionally. She lost something intentionally. How many of us will sacrifice our husbands? Sacrifice time we have to spend with our husbands. Time we have to spend with our children. Time we have to spend with maybe somebody very important in your life. And sacrifice it just to be in the house of God. And do whatever you have to do for God. Think about it. If you don't learn to lose your life, you won't gain it. You can lose it rather. Whatever you are trying to protect can walk away from you. Rather, instead of protecting something in your life, rather release it to God. And when you release it to God, more can even come to you. And that's what even happens to money. Money is your life. So if you don't even give money to God, you know, there are levels God can take people. But sometimes, you see, the way our minds work, our minds, some of you, can be, you can even be in this church and be thinking that when you give offering, you are helping me. How are you helping me? No, not helping me. You are helping the agenda of God. You are helping the agenda of God. Somebody gave money this week. We used to settle a lot of debt, rent for people, pay rent for pastors, and take care of things. But you see, when the devil wants to keep you poor and wants you not to get to the next level, you see the church as my vision. You are seeing the church. Me, 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 I'm standing here. I'm not holding on to anything in this place. Oh. The day God opens the door, pull up for me to go. I'm gone. Easy. But you see, you can be in the church and your mind is that when you give offering, when you pay your tithe, you are funding my vision and funding my agenda and funding my company. That church is not my company. The church is not in my name. There is nothing here that is in my name. There is nothing about the church that is in my name. But you see, the devil has a way. If you don't learn to lose what you have, you can't gain it. Even your money. If you don't learn to lose it to God, God cannot give you more. So sometimes you give to other people, but when it comes to God's work, you are stingy towards it. And so because of that, there is a height that God wants you to go, but you are not able to get there. You do far less than you should have done. So losing is gaining in Christendom. Losing is gaining. Whatever you lose, you gain. One day I wanted to travel. My wife said, oh, you're always traveling. I said, hey, so what if I stay and we are currently? Which one do you like? Say, oh, go. God, the going, it rather gives you life. It gives you life. So for me to stay with her, no problem, no issues. All these years, it's a blessing from the Lord. Whenever I have to travel, it's not a problem at all. If I have to take a car, I take a car and I go. I don't think about it. If you don't learn to lose, you can get. That boy who is not born again, who has squeezed your body like an orange and their life is finished in the orange. When you lose him, you will gain a very godly brother who will love you, who will care for you. For when you lose that boy, three brothers will surround you now. One is a pastor, one is a businessman and a pastor, and another one is rising up to be a pastor, and they're all interested in you. If you don't lose, you won't gain. If you don't lose, you won't gain. Number three, intentionally make sacrifices. Intentionally make sacrifices. You, 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 you cannot rise without a sacrifice. There is no religion in this world where people do not sacrifice. I hear there is a place um, in India where they have this, I don't want to mention the name, but they have the God on top of a mountain. And to go to the top of the mountain, there are rocks which are like staircase to the top of the mountain. And every year, people climb that mountain on their knees, not walking. They climb that mountain on their knees and blood, by the time they get to the top, blood, their, their kneecaps are torn and blood is coming out. But every year, they keep going. But why? There is no religion where there is no sacrifice. So you cannot be a proper Christian until you begin to sacrifice. Look, every man, whether in the church or outside the church, if you give them opportunity, do not marry one. Do marry four or five or seven. Where? Even look at you. Even you, when you are buying a goat, you buy only one male goat and you surround the male goat with five wives. Five wives. You see, you started a business, goat business. You bought one male goat and you bought five wives for the male goat. One dog doesn't have one wife. It has several wives. Even sleeps with their daughter as well. Mercy. Only by sacrifice and the fear of the Lord can you keep to one and stay married. Christianity without sacrifice is useless. It's not spiritual. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, I beseech you brethren by the message of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable 
don't die and when we come to your funeral some woman has appeared with two children she says his wife number three or now wife number two she's coming another one is also appearing somewhere saying that she's the mother of something no an uncle of mine died he had nine wives at his funeral the tenth one appeared with two children <laughs> two children over 27 children my god but the guy are into multiple things if you don't learn to sacrifice you cancer feelings may climb your body but you have to sacrifice you may feel like stealing but you have to sacrifice you may feel like masturbating but you have to sacrifice you may feel like look run at the girls they are bad they are bad they'll tell you why don't i be your wife in the central region and they'll tell you you just have to see me once a year that's okay you live your life i live my life take care of me i have your name that's all. Your wife will never know. Because how many times will you go for a funeral in Cape Coast in a year? Only once a year. So once a year, you either go to Cape Coast or you go to Salt Pond or you just look for that. You're a hunter. You're a hunter. Then you say, Shaman. He said, hey, but why? I said, oh yeah, you just, you know, work colleagues and all that. So this year is Shaman. Next year is a hunter. Another time is Cape Coast. Another time is Salt Pond. Another time is Winnie But you are going to Cape Coast once a year the girls are there but if you don't learn to fear god and sacrifice you spoil your name you spoil everything you are trying to do the problem of africa is polygamy It's the reason why companies don't grow companies don't last churches don't last anything we do it doesn't last that's a problem when you have huge people huge family different wives different women different children here and there everybody wants to collect even when you are elected the president you'll be in trouble so it's dangerous if you cannot sacrifice, you cannot serve God. Take sacrifice. For me to stand here this morning, I must, I must have sacrificed something. The, all the scriptures I'm reading this morning, I, me too, I saw it this morning. I didn't see it yesterday. I didn't see it on Friday. I saw it this morning. I knew what to preach yesterday night. And then this dawn, I saw the scripture. And we were all reading. I was reading it like I was reading it with you as well. It has to cost me something. There must be a sacrifice somewhere. Think about it. So Delilah, she sacrificed her love. Her man, she sacrificed the man to the Lord of the Philistine. What are you not willing to sacrifice? Christianity without sacrifice is meaningless. Have I made you sad by my, my someone this morning? Think about it. No sacrifice. No Christianity. No sacrifice. No power. No power. No power at all. Of late, I see miracles that blow my mind. And when I see the miracles, one of, one, of this, one of these days, this week, either Wednesday or Thursday, I knelt down, I was just thanking God. I just, this one is not me, oh. I just, I, tell, I told God that God, this one is not me at all. It's just you at work. But for you to reach certain places in God, it comes at a cost. You have to sacrifice. Matthew 16, 24. If any man will come after me, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Who told you that Christianity is free? It comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. Who told you that serving God is easy? The person who told you that serving God is easy has lied to you. Serving God is not easy at all. Comes with a sacrifice. Comes with a sacrifice. If you can't sacrifice, you cannot. You won't survive. You won't do well. You start as a strong Christian today. In 20 years time, you start, you begin to become something else. Nobody can even talk about. That's why pride is a very dangerous thing. Don't be proud today. Whatever you have today, think about tomorrow. You are happy today. What about tomorrow? Where will you be tomorrow? Learn to humble yourself. But sacrifice. Some of you are sitting you have to sacrifice and do many things for God. You have to sacrifice. But some of us, we cannot sacrifice at all. Every day I'm tired. 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 You've got to sacrifice. Say amen. And finally, are you in the church or you have gone home? Prepare to suffer many things. Prepare to suffer many things in the quest to help others. Prepare to suffer many things. Look, in Judges chapter 16, verse 21. Judges 16, 21, peace. When they took Samson and put out his eyes and they brought him down to Gaza and they burned him with fetters and he began to grind in the prison. Think about it. This woman had loved this man over the period. And suddenly, her lover was being whisked away. Then as they took him away, they put out his eyes. They took his eyes out. Samson had been good to her. They took his eyes out. The pain that came to her. I've seen people marry for 20 years where they are not talking to one another. 
But when one of them died, the partner was crying. Because when you, be, when you are with somebody for a very long time, the person becomes a part of you. So for Delilah to have been with Samson and then suddenly to save her people, Samson was being taken away. I brought some suffering. To leave your boyfriend who is not godly, who is not spiritual, but he's giving you money and having sex with you, somebody's husband, to leave that person. He will suffer, you will suffer, you will feel the pinch. Where will money come from? The money he has been supplying, where will it come from? How will you survive? So, there is some suffering in Christianity. Anybody who told you that, oh, uh, Christianity, dear, it's just a rosy thing, it's just easy, you just serve God, you'll just be happy all the time, oh, you'll just be, you, you, I mean, you'll just enjoy good things, oh. It's not telling you the truth, you'll suffer. When I talk about suffering, I'm not talking about sickness. I think it is the Lord who has brought this sickness unto me to teach me a lesson or two. God doesn't use sickness to teach people a lesson or two in this world. He doesn't do that. But what I'm saying is that as you labor for God, as you are in the, in the business of being a savior of men, sometimes people may betray you. Sometimes people will step on your toes. Sometimes people will offend you. Sometimes people will disappoint you. Sometimes people will turn their backs on you. Sometimes people will stab you in the back. Listen, it's all part of the suffering. It is in the suffering that you get your power. If you don't suffer, you won't get the power. So suffering, it releases power that saves people and helps people. So they took Delilah's man away, Samson. Samson was being taken away. Samson was being taken away, being whisked away. Delilah, her heart, it was like being torn into two. One day I watched the video of a man who was preaching and he said his children died and when they were carrying the children from the front of the church to the, to the cemetery he says he, he couldn't handle it any longer he lay down on the floor he said he lay down on the floor he, his heart could not handle it so imagine what Delilah also went through just to be able to save her people save her mother, save her brother save aunties, save uncles save the lords of the Philistines think about it you too, the Lord, the Lord in heaven is looking up to you. That you too, there are some things you can do. There are some people you can help. There is somebody somewhere who needs your help. If you don't go, nobody can go there. If you don't help them, nobody can help them. Become a savior of men. But becoming a savior of men, it comes with suffering. You will suffer. You baby, don't sleep. You will suffer. You will go through things. It brings suffering. Look, working with human beings is a lot. One day bishop called me, he said, Oh, so this brother who has left, are you not discouraged? I said, me, discouraged. He said, eh, you are not worried. I said, no, no, I'm not worried about it. He said, oh, why? I said, oh, no, I love him, but I feel that he's in the will of God. So let the will of God be done. Because being with people, if you don't learn to condition your mind, it comes with so many things. So to become a savior of man, he will suffer. But you see, when we hear suffering, we don't want to. But you see, it's the suffering that releases the power. It's the suffering that releases the power. Sometimes imagine you are doing three days dry fasting or seven days dry fast. You are somewhere, laying on a bed. You can't even rise. But, so, so one man of God said, fasting is difficult, but the results are sweet. One day I traveled to Nigeria. I was in Kenan I wanted to do three days dry fasting. The Lord said, continue until I tell you to stop. My God. My God, my God, my God. One of the days I laid down on the bed, I said, let your angels appear now. <laughs> let your angels appear now. Then the Lord said, you will eat when you get to Ghana. When I got to the airport eh, and I saw salad, I said, my God, eating now and eating one hour later is the same thing. Lord, forgive me all my sins. Give me 3,000 naira of this salad and let me, and I settled it down at the airport. I couldn't reach Ghana. It comes with suffering. If you don't want to suffer, you won't see the power. And young people, let me say to you, if you will suffer today, you will suffer tomorrow. There is suffering in this world, but you can choose when to suffer. You choose to suffer today, you will enjoy tomorrow. You enjoy today, you will suffer tomorrow. So they are telling you, stop watching the TV. Put up the video game. Stop that rough. Tell you, do whatever you say you won't do. When you are carrying people's bags in the cold at the airport in Atlanta, you will know that it's not the same. You know that it's not the same as working, working as the CEO of the same airport. You are at the airport. You can be at the airport working. You are in Atlanta, in America, working at the weather. The weather is cold. Shh, you are covering people's backs. That's how you have to survive. 
Because when you are being given the opportunity to sit your buttocks down and steady and do whatever you had to do, you are fooling. Okay. But you see, it doesn't pay bills. Whether you raise your leg up or it, it doesn't pay bills. That's not what pay bills. What pays bills is sitting down and working. And when you work, you help people. So I pray for everybody today. Don't look at Delilah through the eyes of an Israelite in this series. But look at her in the eyes of the Philistines. Then you see that there are godly things you can learn from her. To be a savior of men, we must deny ourselves. Number two, what's the second one? We must lose. Number three, we must sacrifice. And number four, we must suffer. I have just preached Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25 to you in another way. That's all. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, or you feel far away from Him, say this short prayer after me. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Amen. If you have just prayed that prayer, you are born again. You can call 025-703-9294 for prayer and counseling. You can also join Peter A. Gauga at the New Light Pentecostal Church Headquarters located on the Spinkters Road, Accra, off the Shell Signboard Bus Stop. At Shell Signboard Bus Stop, pick any taxi and tell them you are coming to New Light and you will find us.